Bobby confronting Susan about how angry he was that Susan had lied about the protective order and setting him up that she really wasn't going to come back to him. Susan even picked up the phone and told Bobby that she was calling 911, which meant that Bobby would likely get arrested and thrown in jail for having gone to lunch with her. This absolutely freaked Bobby out. So Bobby goes out to the car. She never does dial 911 or 911 operator would have been on the phone at the sure. time. and heard everything. And heard everything. Instead, the phone is off the hook. The phone is lifted up off the receiver. Bobby comes back in. He has the gun with him. He fires four times. Bam, bam, bam them all four shots hit, hit her hit her and her shoulder one like was she standing or she was she standing so she had stood up behind she the desk. had stood up yep hit her in the in left the shoulder left shoulder in the abdomen abdomen and one went and hit the fetus and then there was one like in her hip and as soon as bobby did she went down she gets shot four times it's got that had to have been like deafeningly loud yes emotional horrific bobby immediately went to his car and took got in his car and drove off and drove to the nearest police station which he, is just a couple blocks it was like five minutes away okay i said i'm really surprised that you didn't just get in your car and drive to mexico yeah like did what, you have what, thoughts of doing that he like said, running uh-huh. he said i did for a second, I had thoughts of doing that, but I really wanted to get to the police quickly so that they could get help to her and but save he her. But he didn't think to pick up the phone and dial 911 and say, I just shot my ex-wife. Right. Come quickly. Right. Okay. He didn't. He okay. didn't. Uh, and you know what? In that weird, not excusing the behavior ever, right. but in that weird break in your brain, it's interesting that he chose to go to... Like, make any, not positive, but any constructive decision to even go to the police. I thought that same thing. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Like, not drive around. Yeah. Go home. Like, he was at the police station within minutes. And get this, because it was Martin Luther King Day, the police station that he showed up at was not like a normal police station. It was like one of their charter. Like a satellite? Yeah. Uh And there was no one there. What? Yeah, there was not an officer there because it was a holiday. And so he parks and he walks up. And then a moment later, an officer pulls up and he says, can I help you? And Bobby says, yes, I have just shot my wife. I'm here to turn myself in and she needs help. And the guy that he tells... The officer, I'm sure he's like, what? what? Yeah, exactly. WTF. Yes, yes. And, And Bobby says... He makes him repeat it. He did. He's like, what? And Bobby says it again. I just shot my ex-wife. She needs an ambulance. And so the officer, he was new. He was just a rookie. Oh, my god! This is, like, so overwhelming to him. Sure. He's, I I don't know what to do. You can only train for so much. Yeah. 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 That's not, I'm sure, any part of their training. So he gets on the phone, reports, like, hey, we need help. I need backup here. And Bobby did not resist one thing at all. I mean, he literally went from shooting her to jail. Okay. And then I met him two days later. But so did the officer hurry? And was Bobby coherent enough to be able to explain where his ex-wife was? Yeah. And where she was bleeding? Yep. Okay. Yeah. He said, I shot her at her work at Allstate Insurance. She is at the front desk there. And... 
she needs help. And, and then everybody just... Yep, exactly. And he goes to jail, the helicopter comes in, and life flights her to the nearest hospital, and they operate. They thought they could save her, and then they thought maybe they could save the baby, but... Do we have any idea how far along she was? Like, was she really showing? She was starting to show. This was, I believe, her fifth kid. So maybe four or five months along yeah. or something? Yeah, and she was like almost five months along. Yeah. So there, it turned into a really big battle about the over the death penalty, whether he could be charged with the death penalty because of the age of the fetus, because then we, then you start arguing, is this life because it has to be able to survive outside the womb. Right. To be. Like, and that, that almost becomes like a Supreme Court case. It right? was, it literally yeah. went to mm-hmm. the Utah Supreme Court. And okay. because of that, I spent a lot of time with Bobby. He was my longest case from time of... I met him like a day after the murder. Right. And it took four years oh, to get through that battle. Wow. At the Supreme Court to say whether that could indeed be ruled a life. Or that not. he would... Yeah. So when they divide it like that, it's obvious that he shot her because he's admitted it. And so he's probably on a murder charge for her. And then you have to wait for the Supreme Court to decide whether it's a murder charge for the fetus. Yes. But in the meantime, is this sentencing happening or the court battle going for her? Or does everything stop until it's decided? The only thing that wasn't stopped was my investigation. Okay. And the arguments with the Supreme Court. Okay. And the lawyer that was handling the capital murder phase couldn't do the Supreme Court arguing even alone. So he had to have co-counsel with that. So it really was like fairly complicated. Mm -hmm. And so it gave me a lot of time to get to know Bobby. That's a lot of years to prepare. I remember going to jail one day and he said, yeah, they announced it over the intercom at the jail that I am the longest resident at the jail of anyone. Because... Jail sentences, how our system works is if you have a misdemeanor, then you have class A misdemeanors, the the most serious of the misdemeanors. Okay. The sentence on that is up to one year in jail. Okay. If you go higher than that, then you talk about prison. So if you're so spending if it's a more time or anything like that, yeah. you automatically the sentencing happens and you go to you, the You prison. will likely okay. be in prison, not at jail. It's a rare circumstance that you'd be serving that time in jail instead of prison. Gotcha. So people serve a lot of time in prison. And because of that, we have a lot of programs in prison. We have education. Sure. You can get a high school diploma, right. college diploma, mm-hmm. all kinds of skills. Certifications. Yeah, and yes. A lot of counseling they have, a lot of programs they have in the prisons. So to be stuck in jail for four years is actually really, really hard. You'd rather be in prison for because you have at least you have support. You, yeah, you have support. You have programs. You have classes. You can exercise your mind and your body. And other, the county jails, it's just intended to be short term, so they don't have any support sex. system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's a pretty funny guy at mm-hmm. times. I remember like it was Valentine's coming up like years later, and he's still in jail, and we're still working on this. And I said, "Hey, so how's it going in here?" I said, "What are you doing for Valentine's?" And he laughed. And I knew I could kind of tease him about it. And he's like, well, yeah, they're having a dance for us. And I was like, really? That's cool. He said, yeah, they're going to let, they, they bring the women's side in and the uh-huh, men's side. They just uh-huh. have a stand on opposite sides of the gym. Uh-huh. Like a middle <laughs> like a school dance. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
yeah. And, and it just made me laugh. He was trying fun. to keep some humor. Like it was not long after the murder that he was asking me about. He was reading the Bible, and you'll hear me joke about this all the time that I think Jesus lives in the jails and the prison because every client I have, when they go to jail, That's they find Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Whether they are Catholic or Mormon, Baptist, whatever they are, mm -hmm. they revert back to their upbringing. They is go this, back to that. Is this a private eye dip? <laughs> it is a private eye dip because I think when seriously. things get... Seriously, I'm not kidding. When they things get back. tough, we go back to what we learned as kids. What We're desperate to find some kind of peace. And for Bobby, he was desperate to find forgiveness. He said, "Wow!" I he was talking to every religion that came into the jail and asking them, I shot and killed my ex-wife and she was pregnant and I want forgiveness. I want to be able to get to heaven if I join, if I'm in your church. Because he didn't have a church. So for the people that grew up Mormon, they read the Book of Mormon in yes. jail. Uh -huh. For the people that grew up Catholic or Baptist, they, or, read, the they, Bible. they read the Bible. If you are... Middle Eastern, you may read the Quran, right. whatever your they, base is. I see it all the time. And I, I, it really kind of warms my heart because I think for all of us, when we go through a hard time, we are seeking something bigger, more powerful than us mm -hmm. to, to like, hey, I'm hurting. I've done something bad. I need, I need help. A relief. Something. We need some Somebody kind bring of, me. Okay. And for Bobby, he didn't have a religion, so he was talking to... The Arab. Baptists that came in, he talked to the Seventh-day Adventists that came in, to the Jehovah Mormons Witness, that came in, whoever. and he was asking each of them, if I have killed my wife, can I get to heaven? Well, your religion helped bring me some peace right. to get to heaven. exactly. Oh, yours won't? Check. I'm yeah. going to check the next one. Yes. Interesting. It was so interesting to me. And here's what was the most fascinating part. The Jehovah Witnesses came in, and they said, yep, if you join our religion you will get to heaven. And I really don't want to make light of this, but I think no, no, this no. is one of the most fascinating parts of this case to me personally, uh -huh. because I am Mormon and apparently the Mormons didn't give him that comfort because there were some that came in and they said, no, you, you won't make it to heaven. I don't know what they uh -huh. said to him exactly, but, but they didn't give him any comfort. The Jehovah Witnesses did. And being Mormon, I think I wanted to have him come to what I believe. I thought that would be cool. But I never talked to my clients about what I believe. No. Uh -uh. And so... Church so, and state. Church and state. Yeah, totally separate. Mm -hmm. So I And if you don't live in Utah, people may not understand the separation of church, church and, and state. Church and state. Exactly. it's very strong It is here. very, very separate. Yes. Exactly. So I or was... at least they try to be very separate. So Bobby had asked me, and I really was... I'm trying to make that separation very distinct. And I said, well, I am Mormon. I hold that very close to my heart. But you need to talk to them. I've got to be your PI. Somebody else. Let them walk you through that. Yeah. Apparently their answer was not good for him because he said, hey, I, I can't be forgiven. I don't think that's true. I've heard of other stories, but whatever. Right. Maybe it was just someone he talked right. to. Yeah. But the Jehovah Witnesses said, oh, yeah, you can join us. Yeah, you can be forgiven. You can go to heaven. And I said, Bobby, that's really nice, but think about it. The Jehovah Witnesses, they believe that only 144,000 people are going to make it into heaven. There are how many hundreds of millions of people, billions in the world, and you did kill your ex-wife, and you're you going to make murder, it? Yeah. You're going to make it in the 144? Like, I, I do don't know. Do you think that um, 
Yeah, and not focusing on any religion because, of course, you know, that's not what this is about. But do you think that maybe the Jehovah Witness were trying to bring him some comfort of, of course, thinking so. when yeah. you die and you're on the other side, then you'll find out it really wasn't. You're probably not. But Or maybe you are. Like, do you think that they were trying to bring I think him? So. I hope so. Okay. Because it did bring him comfort. Perfect. And okay. for me, I said, you know what? I don't know how it's all going to sort right. out. Right, right. But... But we're here today. I believe you can be, I think we can be forgiven for everything. Yeah, okay. And if they gave you the peace that you need, that's all Thank good. you. Yeah. Yeah. So now back to the Supreme Court. So he's still in jail, and he, it's the longest case you've ever done for four years. Yeah. And so, so everything stops, because everybody's waiting for the Supreme Court on the decision of the fetus. Well, it doesn't stop. But I mean, you're yeah. still investigating. But is there court action happening? Or yeah, it... we do. You just show up a lot for, but nothing really significant during no, that time. No until... option for decisions yet. Right. Okay. Right. And so, as this is progressing, as I start digging into things, what I learned was Susan had children from other fathers. Okay. Were they and all raised? No, they had. She had some young kids. And okay. get this, I started looking into Don. What I learned about Don was. Don was a convicted sex offender, <gasps> child molester. And oh, no. Yes. And she, she had two little girls. She had kids. Two of them were little girls. The youngest was 11, and she had a 13, almost 14-year-old. And then the, there were boys. I started investigating. What I learned is that 11-year-old, Don was living in the house after Susan was With killed. With two little girls. And, yes, my client took her, their mother away. But now, I thought, well, Susan certainly didn't know. She couldn't have known that this guy was a sex, a, a sex offender and a like, child molester. And then as I dug deep into his stuff, what I learned was not only did she know, for him to be allowed, because he's a sex offender, he has to report where he lives, for him to be allowed to live in her home, she had to go to counseling with him and tell his counselor, yes, I understand that he's a child molester. And yes, I know I have girls that are absolutely the perfect age that are targets for him. But I'm okay with him living in my home. So, okay, stop right there. That is so wrong on so many levels. Exactly. But the little girls, the father, the biological father... Didn't know. Did he see his daughters? Did he have any contact? He did have contact with his daughters. But... They but he didn't know that that guy was, was a, sex a sex offender. Holy. Susan God. didn't tell him. So I did some more work, found out who he was, and I started having contact with him. Then with he, a biological dad. With a biological father. Okay. And he tells me, yeah, I just got a report from the school that he is, because she's so upset about her mom being killed. Of course she is. That is... I can't even imagine. Life-altering. Yes. One of the biggest traumas for a child ever. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And that she was so upset that Dawn had her come in and sleep in his bed with him. That she had been sleeping in the same bed. As soon as I learned that... Wait, so the biological dad got a call from the school that the daughter has reported that she's been so scared she's been sleeping in the bed with her stepdad, who's a sex offender, and it was the school that contacted the biological dad. Yes. Holy. Okay. Yeah. 
Thank you, school. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reporting. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, everyone that is listening to kids. Thank you. Yes, yes. So he calls me and says, hey, I've got this problem. He's in the home. I'm not really... I can go get them. Yeah, I can go get them, but there are other kids, and they're not my kids. I can't take those kids, so what do I do? And so what I learned is the other boys, the other children were boys, and their father had just gotten out of prison. So, so Susan was holy. really good at picking men, yeah, right? Yeah, what a track record. <laughs> that dad knew about Don, and he said, oh, I'm totally fine with Don living there. It, this is a really good thing because he's helping raise my kids because now Susan's gone. But did he know he was a sex offender? I don't know. Okay, I, so who, what happens to these little girls? I'm dying. Right, so I actually went to the house, drove by the house that they were all living in. When I heard from the father that we now have a report that Don is sharing a bed with this girl. Right. I called the head of Department of Corrections, who I had kind of made a connection with on another case, so sure. he, he knew me. And I called him, his name's John. I called John, and I said, John, we've got a problem. And he knew the case, because it was such a big case yeah, in the news. sure. And I said, look, Bobby's my client. He did a horrible thing. I can't excuse it inexcusable i'm not trying to this is a separate but we have another issue that the kids are in the house and they're in there with don apparently don is staying in the home and he said oh no he's not he pulled up the report he's like no i'm reading the report right now he's not in the home he left the home because he can't be in there without the mother approving it and she's gone so i said i'm telling you john i'm literally sitting in front of the house and don had a carpet cleaning business and his carpet cleaning van is in the driveway. I'm looking at the carpet van right now. He's living here. We have to protect these kids. I mean, I went home that night. And, and John's like, oh, I didn't know that. Let me see what we can do. I got home that night. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how can you do this? How can you defend right. defend this stuff? And it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that, like, Bobby did a horrible thing, but I believe Bobby's a good person. Most every client I've had, I've, most of my clients really are good people that have a terrible time managing their emotions uh-huh. and their lives. And, and not excusing his behavior. Not, at, not in the least. No, but they're not pedophile. He, he was, he not, was a not a pedophile. And the murder was really hard to deal with, but what was harder for me to deal with was I now know that these kids are in danger, and I don't have really any authority over these kids. I went to bed that night. I knelt down and prayed, mm-hmm. and like, please help Something. me protect these yeah. kids. And I, like, my heart hurt. It was just traumatizing for me just to hear about it. Sure. I can't. I can't even imagine what the kids went through no. to, look, to have their mother be murdered, and now they're being molested, right. most likely. Awful. But thankfully, we got the kids out of the house. Did it happen quickly? Like the next day? Within a couple days? Within a couple days. Mm -hmm. The biological father and I really teamed up. Really, He's really a great guy. But he lived lived like an hour and a half north. The the kids had wanted to stay with their mom, and he didn't know what was happening at the time. So as soon as as we locked arms and it moved everything along quickly and... He got the girls out, his kids out, like years later, I don't know. Unless I were involved in in that case. 
but they're now home with their dad and yes. safe away. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and he was really happy counseling. to have them. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And he was going to do everything he could to help them like get through all of the trauma and the emotion of all this. So that was a great thing. And Susan's parents really were nice people. Mm-hmm. I spoke with the father mm-hmm. at one point. Really a good guy. And he was trying everything he could to be instrumental. In. And he was distraught about Susan's choices. Sure. And well, and her death. And, and her, I mean, oh, everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was very traumatizing for everyone. For us at the case, ultimately, Bobby, we pled it out. Okay, so now it's hit the Supreme Court. And there was a decision on the fetus. What, yes. What was... So they ruled that he could be charged with a capital. Murder. A separate murder. Okay. Which... Seemed kind of like a no-brainer. Like, why are we even arguing this? But when you get lawyers involved, they all want an opportunity. I'm going to make my mark on this case. I'm going to help them define when life begins and Mm -hmm. when it doesn't. Bobby ultimately, so he actually pled to to murder, less than capital murder. Okay. So they took the death penalty off the table. Okay. So He, he, so when you say he pled, he pled. He pled guilty. To guilty to murder. If they would take the death penalty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did they decide after that how long, what the many years, like sometimes you see 10, right. sometimes you see 50 times 2. Or, right. You know. In this case, you would think it would be like life plus mm-hmm. whatever. In this case, he got 15 to life. For one. For Yeah, for two. For two counts. So did he get to 15 to life and then 15 to life? They two? ran them, two of them, but they ran them concurrently. Concurrently. So okay. they ran at the same time. Okay. So that could be anything. And it's a good question to ask how it works because because in other states, the judge sets it. Like whatever the judge, whatever happens in that courtroom, that is what happens. In Utah, however, it is not how it happens. And I, I really think we have a problem with it because for Utah, they go to the prison and their file is sent with them, but the board of pardons, the parole board decides when oh. they get out. And they often almost completely disregard what the judge said. The judge that has sat through the whole case, that has become very familiar with... With all the details. With all the details, because someone on the Board of Pardons will review a file, maybe for an hour, Mm -hmm. maybe. Not four years. But not for years, and not Mm -hmm. have that person in front of them for years and watch the process and hear all the facts. And if we go to trial to actually hear... All the witnesses and the sure. and all of those moving testimonies. All the details. All of the details. They can read about them, but it's not the same. No. It's just not the same. So I was really surprised. That case happened a while back. Mm-hmm. And as I was getting ready for the podcast, I looked it up to see where Bobby was. And Bobby, because he was a real handsome guy, and remember, he, he, you know, he had the good looks. Sure. And he was a singer, and he really loved music and... Mm-hmm. And he used to always joke around like, hey, I want to come sing in your band when I get out of prison. And You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, Don't I, call us, that. we'll call you. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I think that could be interesting. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I would. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. He was good looking. He had a beautiful voice. And I couldn't help but think. If things were different, like you just never know where we grow if up. and where left and different opportunities. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Those little things that make a huge difference in our lives. If he had pursued music and focused on that, because for me in my life, music has brought me peace. I think it's how, one of the ways I'm enabled to deal with all the stress of the criminal life. Mm -hmm. 
that I can go to music and whether I'm playing alone and just play my guitar or my sax and just making music or if I'm playing with my band and we're playing a live show and we're interacting with the audience, that soothes my soul. Yeah, you've got to release. It brings light into my life. It like releases the, the heavy stuff and it brings light back into my life. And for obviously for Bobby, he had some of that with the karaoke, but I can't help but wonder yeah. if he had taken a yeah. different road. Sure. And not that he would have been a big-time singer, no, but, but he was good-looking yeah. enough he could yeah. have been. So you said you looked up his case. I looked up his case. He served 18 years and got out. Okay. So when he pled out and they took the death penalty off, mm-hmm. does Utah ever do life without parole? Yes. But he didn't get that. He, he got did not get that. We worked out a, we worked out a really good deal for okay. him. Okay. So that could have been a possibility. It could have been. But because just the way it was all decided in the courts, he got 15 to life and he served 18. So on good behavior, he was able to get out. Yes. Okay. A big part of it is how much pressure the prosecutor is feeling on the case. Okay. If, if for instance... Susan's parents had been really angry and bitter and they said, we want this man to be executed. That could have had a huge impact and likely Bobby would have gotten life without parole. Okay. That would have been the only option for him. Okay. And there are other cases that I'll share with you where that has happened. happened. In this case, Susan's parents, I think, really were, they were Mormon, they believed in forgiveness Mm -hmm. and that we could all get better and that they were not... Angry, bitter people. And they were content. I don't know if content is the right word. Right. With the decision that the court made. They weren't upset about it. Right. 15 to life. Yeah. They felt like that was a fair thing for him. Yeah. And that the courts and everybody would take care of it. I think talking to to her father, and I didn't talk to the mother because she was so distraught. She wouldn't, she didn't want to talk to me and I don't blame her at all. But her dad was a really sweet, kind man. And it was interesting to me that he could see that the decisions she made way prior to that had really big impact on how her life ended. And the decisions. And the decisions. So, of course, it's Bobby's fault. Yes. It's absolutely Bobby's fault. And he's served. And he's served his time. But it was fascinating to me that the dad recognized that Susan made really bad decisions that impacted not only her children, but... The end of her life. Yeah, the result. To to end it so soon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is my story about Bobby. Bobby was a character. I think there's some life lessons for all of us in this. Mm -hmm. I like Bobby, but he was a a troubled guy. So thank you, Shelly, for your time. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye. (laughs)